0: What's up, Dirty Cones? (laughs) Today, I'm here with Andrew. And and Craig. What up? uh, You say hello, Andrew. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Andrew is the reason that I am known. If not for Andrew, nobody would know who I was.
1: You pretty much owe half your paycheck, everything you bring in, to him.
0: To him. I owe everything.
2: That's why we have to get married. That's and, what the,
1: uh, Andrew, how much has he? How much has he paid you so
2: far? I mean, I'll, I'll take his time as payment for right now. But there you uh, go, I love <laughs> it. Good <laughs> answer, I like it. Starting to get an expensive taste, you know, five hour drive, you know, <laughs> hotel to Nashville just to see you. Hey, you so, know what? The most expensive
1: commodity we have as humans. Time, time. There you go. And yeah. it's the
0: best thing you can give to somebody. <laughs> you know, don't buy people gifts. Give them your time.
1: Absolutely love it.
0: And uh, although I did go spend the night with him when he was younger and we had a slumber (laughs) party in his house. And I I kind of thought it was funny. I'm like, let's see, I would have been like 30-something, you know. So you got a 30-something-year-old man with your
1: 15-year-old son.
0: (laughs) 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 we were
2: making jokes. That's awesome. The parents were uh, – how did your parents handle that one? At first, my dad found it really weird, him coming at first. You know, but like my dad met him, you know, yeah. they they bullshit all the way back to the house. It was like an hour drive from the airport. But yeah, so they, they, they handled it pretty well. I mean, the door was open. We weren't sleeping in the same bed. You know, I was right here on my futon. Then he was right here on my bed, you know, but I I, I thought about it a couple of times, you know, going to yeah. snuggle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, you're
1: just like, you know, that, that little, you want a spoon every now and then. And there's no, hey, you know. It's small. There you go, you're <laughs> small. <laughs> you're like the whole, you know you like reason. pillow size.
2: <laughs> Put your hand on and lay over it. <laughs> the main reason I came out here was that I thought I was going to get a chance to cuddle with him, but you know, sadly was I mistaken. Man, let down again. I'm, uh-huh. I'm a tease. You're yeah. a tease.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've always been curious. All right, so so here's a little bit of background. So nine years, I'm looking for Lachey, mm-hmm. putting out the picture every year. I get an email from a young man, says Andrew, and and he says, it's my life's goal. I am going to help you find this little girl. And I wrote him back. I'm like, dude, that's super cool. I really appreciate that. But I've been looking for her for nine years and had absolutely no luck. So good luck. You know, I mean, I wasn't trying to like rain on his parade, but I, I, I didn't know what he could do. He's 15 years old at the time. Right. And I'm thinking, what is this kid going to do? What could he do? Dude, the very next day he gets thirty three hundred likes on Instagram, blows it up. I get called by the Washington Post and the Air Force Times and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, "What have I been doing wrong?" Like, what? Is- so I've always wanted to know. Like, Andrew, how how were you so prolific on Instagram? Like, what were you doing? You just know how to use hashtags. Or- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you can- really good <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag help find. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I had a, a peer rescue page um, on Instagram a while back and it was one dude, he commented on one of my posts, hey, go check out this guy, which ended up being Moroni. And so I go, you know, view his page and stuff like that. And that's when I see the story and that's when I write him. But so, yeah, I post, I just post it and made a couple hashtag, uh, hashtags, find Katrina girl and, you know, and then just blew up. That's, that's all involvement I had in it. You know, I also had involvement with the Washington Post, the Air Force Times, you know, and wow, and it started to get really big. You got CNN, HLN, um, Fox, People,
0: everybody,
2: Times, everybody. Wow. So they holy started, cow, so they started contacting me, you know, like hey, you know, what's his contact info? And I was like, oh, it's this, you know, he's the one you want to talk to, not right. me. You know, I'm just. Very small part of this. I'm just
1: his agent. Yeah. Right. I
2: know. I'm like you know. Send I'm a the gatekeeper. Checks. <laughs> you go ahead and send the checks here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll get, I'll get the message to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had to, we actually ended up starting GoFundMe for this uh, for Lachey. Yeah, we did. And got like got like twenty seven hundred bucks. Wow. So nice. Yeah. I don't think I ever took the money out. Yeah, I sent it to you. Did you? Like, like I, I took it out, and then you received uh, it in the mail. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember so, yeah, we were trying to, Yeah, we were trying to figure out how, how to get this money out and how That's to get it to you. To you yeah. And I was like, well, I got to take it out, but I could send it to a different address. So, See, and that money actually helped them a lot.
0: Uh, helped them get a car.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: and we actually, they're living in San Antonio now. We we moved them out of, uh, I don't tell a lot of people because I don't want people to, you know, blah, oh, blah, 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 you know what he's doing. But we brought them to San Antonio because... There's no future in Louisiana and New Orleans. You know, you're perpetually poor. Right. Plus, you're always just waiting for the next hurricane to roll up and destroy everything. So we brought them out to San Antonio, and they're actually doing really well.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Her, her brother um, was having trouble in school. They, they told me he was a horrible student in Louisiana, came to uh, San Antonio. He's dyslexic. All he needed was some help, and now he's a student doing well. Wow. So, you know, sometimes you just need a little lift up, and, and you do all right. So help who you can when you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, kind of,
2: I mean, that's how, that's y'all, met. You that's how yeah. y'all met. That's how y'all met. That's how we met and stayed in contact ever since. Um, and now you're in the Air Force. Now I'm in the Air Force.
0: And looking at medical school. Yep. So, I okay. mean.
1: Well, walk us through that. So So you're. So you followed this path? Mm-hmm. Is it is it kind of because y'all you've always looked up to PJs? You've always gone after this direction? Like
2: what's taken you to this path so far? So originally it was my grandpa. He was an MP during Vietnam and uh it was Operation Hump when he was uh uh injured. And he was actually rescued by some PJs. And mm-hmm. I actually didn't find this out until like a couple months before he passed away. And he was shot in the back three times and, you know, in, like for years, I was like, I just want to be an MP just like you. And he was like, he always just told me, look at your other options, There's other, just do the research, other branches, other jobs. And then finally he was just like, no, look into peer rescue. Wow. And then that's when I started looking into it. And that's when I saw, found out about William Pitts and Barger to Jason Cunningham, Nick McCaskill and all these just wonderful guys that. You know, they had such a bad, a big background, even like Jason Cunningham, what, six months? He was a PJ, previously Navy, trying to be a SEAL. Yeah. And I found, that she, I found this years down the road talking to his sister Lori, and what really stuck me with Cunningham's story is he was afraid of the water until senior year of high school. Sheesh. Wow. And then so they were like dumbfounded when they, he said he wanted to be a SEAL. So during high school, senior year of high school, he joined the swim team, swam all the time, and joined the Navy. And um, he ended up serving four years in the Navy. And then when he told his family he wanted to be a PJ, they were shocked again because he was terrified of blood throughout his whole entire <laughs> life. And I still have those messages from her, her telling me that um, we're friends on Facebook. So that's what really got me interested in pararescue. For initially my grandpa. And, um, then just meeting more guys like Mike and then more dudes along the way, like Sweet, um, Master Sergeant William Posh, he trained me a couple times Mm -hmm. to Staff Sergeant Carl Ennis, you know, and I got to meet some combat controllers like Dylan Elchin. Um, and there's a, you know, got some SF buddies to Ranger buddies and the, the, the community overall is what I liked, but there's been setbacks and, and so... That's what got me on that path. Setbacks, setbacks. Yeah. Um, what should
1: we go into that? I mean, yeah. About the what was the setback? Like, I mean, you're on the path. You're you're obviously doing way more research. Oh, dude, he's and super smart. At 15, the dude more
0: about pararescue than I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, what am I supposed to do? All right, thanks. <laughs> call 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 you up. Hey, Andrew, I'm taking a say? test right now. <laughs> Can you help me?
2: <laughs> what do I do here? That's awesome. So well, yeah. you, you're going on the path, and, and what, what happens? So the first step back was when I was actually trying to get into the Air Force. Because um, you're a ginger. Yes. That's They're like, <laughs> we, we've had our... Failure of gingers this year, no more. Yeah, they called me a stupid bastard and said, leave, you know, and like, okay. Um, and that's when I almost joined the army. They, they take everybody. Um, and no, I was going through MEPS and I was taking my color vision test. I wore glasses. I don't have the greatest vision, but I don't have the worst. Fair rescue requirements 2070 vision without glasses. And I have 2040. Really? 20 what? 2070. But it's gotta be correctable with uh, glasses. Okay, to it's gotta be it. to twenty twenty okay. with glasses, which I have. I have twenty forty, I'm far but um so when they were taking my color vision test, it was a small ass book, you know, probably like four inches by four inches. They had me stand five feet away, glasses off, and they just had me trying to it was the the uh I don't know what they call it, but like the whole bunch of dots that makes out a number. And yep. um and so I failed it. I got the first one right, which was a two. After that, you know, I was trying to read it. And then she was like, if you don't know it, just say next. You know, so for all the rest of 11 of them, I was like next. I, I, cu- I couldn't read it because I was so far away and my glasses were off. So that was the first setback I had. Um, then I ended up actually being able to join. And then my most recent setback was I was injured in a fire back in March, which, you know, I was probably in the best shape of my life. Then, you know, I was supposed to go to, um, phase two for cross train back in May. And then, so that sent me back.
1: So you, you say injured, uh, can you just give us a brief, like injured?
2: What, um, what happened? I I had the a roof collapse on me. Um, mask was ripped off, smoke insulation, you know, fractured shoulder to femur to. Back. So so
1: it's not, you didn't, you didn't spread an ankle. No, no,
2: no. Not at all.
0: Yeah, it was bad. I, I talked to him. He was pretty beat up in the pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh, He's man. lucky to be alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Very modest of saying, I was injured.
0: Yeah.
2: You you were jacked <laughs> up. I was. I was. I, you, I was. You, you, you got the shit knocked out of you. I was. And just even during my time, like, even then, like, I don't I, I don't know how to recover. Like, just give myself time. Like, I could take it back to my first year in the Air Force. I was training all the time. And I, I got injuries during that, like. Uh, stress fractures to sprained ankles and I was just keep I wasn't listening to the doctors, which I should have But I was keep pushing so like that, that build up to back in March to You know other things happening So that was my most recent setback which put me on the path to go to med school not, and, not- and a certain amount of sprained
0: ankles injuries is good to push through mm-hmm. but you and you and I know at, at our age you have to know is this an injury, or is this like, am I fucked up? Right, and nobody knows. You know, you keep on going. I got all kinds of yep. jacked up stuff that maybe if I had gone to the doctor a little bit sooner, maybe yeah, we have or maybe physical therapy or something other than a surgery, yeah, would have helped me.
1: I mean, it, it goes back to like, it's funny because I mean, one of the first things I remember about. Injure an injury or hurt, like football coach, they'd always ask, are you injured or are you hurt? You know, you say hurt, get back in the game, limp it off, you know. But if you're injured, all right, pause, take care of it, like heal, miss a game, miss practice, whatever you need to do. But uh, it's, it's definitely knowing that difference between are you injured, are you hurt, hurt, hurt,
2: pain, pain will pass. You know, injured, you need to give yourself some time to heal and that's a problem with me because like, especially like the first year where I was just getting hurt all the time, where injured all the time. I wasn't listening to the doctors and I was in a, I was in a pretty shitty relationship I wasn't happy with. And so I was just pissed off. And the only thing that helped that was working out. And so that was the only way I could cope. You know, I tried talking to people I tried, you know, but working out was coping. So I just pushed and pushed until I wasn't pissed off anymore. Some days I just, you know i I'd, I'd be out there till 1 am. in the morning just rucking to running until wow. I drop until I, I remember this one I had to crawl up my stairs to my dorm just push of, yourself way too too much that, that's exactly what happened and because I was just pissed off and I don't get I'm not the one to yell at you if I'm pissed off I, I'm very passive aggressive so I could get petty, but you know that was my way of being petty at that time. I'm not going to talk to you. Right. You know I'm hurt, so I'm just going to go work out.
0: Right. But I don't think that's – it's okay. That's the way you deal with things. Everybody, mm-hmm. We were talking about love languages earlier. The way that you deal with things is the way that you deal with things. You internalize and you work through it. I don't think it's it's bad. You just maybe have to explain to people, hey, I'm I'm not being rude to you. I'm angry about this, and this is how I cope with it. And – And I think that communication that nobody communicates anymore, like nobody knows how to talk to each other. I mean, look, we text message, whereas I could pick up the phone and talk to you and in five minutes have the whole conversation done. Instead of three hours later, we're still, well, what do you think?
1: Right. Yep.
0: You know, and and then about what you said about playing football, you know, football coaches, they they need their job, especially in Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So if they're not winning, they're out of a job right and and who are you? you're just fresh meat you yep. know they need you to be bulked up in this and that and so they're not thinking about you they're thinking about their career and i've and I think that that's an issue these days with the way coaches you know athletes first take care of their students they're right. human beings they're this you know and whether or not Andrew you know he's hurt so you know he's looking at other options now. But the, the training that he's gone through has prepared him because he's going to be ready for those long nights of studying medical minutiae, you know, knowing like random numbers and things that, you know, you and I would have been like just skim through it. <laughs> right. But in medical school, they're not asking you the big stuff they're asking, like, way on page three thirty three, there was this one line that said this. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, so all all things that you're doing will just prepare you in the long run, and, and you're a g- good human being, so you'll just get better and you get stronger. And I, I think back to a uh, an episode of uh, God dang it, it was a concert with uh, Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it's when Albert King was, you know, awesome blues man, and Stevie Ray Vaughan's on his way up. Yeah. And they played for an hour and a half, and they're just like jamming out, and probably about an hour. Um, Albert was surpassed because Steve Ray Vaughn is such a great guitarist. And he worked his way up and, and was like killing it. And he was like – and you saw him look back and go, yeah, you've got it. But he said, the better you get, the harder you work. And so it's that perpetual motion. It's so true. You yeah. just use that that momentum and just – instead of a momentum of mediocrity, a momentum of, dude, I'm going places, I'm doing things, and keep
1: on going. Trent kept rolling. And it's, it's kind of like um, what we – Well, we talked about uh, another episode was kind of like um, you have that choice. You can wallow in it. You know, you you, you have a setback. Well, your setback is a gift. Your setback is something that that I truly believe is coming to you and on your plate for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know. And so many of us can take this setback as, you know, this was my path. I was going from A to B. What the hell? Like when has life ever really truly never thrown us a curveball? (laughs) never like everybody has setbacks and everybody but all of a sudden we still every single time it happens we act surprised Mm -hmm. and butt hurt like what the hell so like the setback is a beautiful time to be like okay cool man I wanted to go here and be this PJ but now there's a different direction for me in this life and that truly is cool to be like I'm not gonna soak I'm not gonna wallow I'm not gonna allow this to define me and just average guy I'm still going to succeed in something. yeah. You know, so that, that's really cool of like that mentality, especially at your age. And, and I say it now because you are way younger than us. <laughs> but it's like it's a mature way to look at a problem. It's a mature way to handle the problem. Like, all right, so I was shooting for the fucking stars and it didn't work out. I was trying to be a PJ. I was trying to, you know, that didn't work out. I'm going to shoot for another super high star, which is freaking awesome, man.
0: And and I actually think if you're smart enough to go to medical school, skip pararescue, go be a doctor, because we need doctors. I mean, we need PJs too, but I wouldn't be smart enough. I wouldn't have the... the Mental capacity, or the like. Uh, I gotta sit here and read this stuff. Oh, you um, would. You
1: you I you would. You totally could. <laughs> if, 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 it surfing, okay. yeah. <laughs> if it was for surfing, I could totally. But like,
0: medical. I, I love being a paramedic. Yeah. But like, I don't want to know everything. Everything. I don't need to know. What do I need to do to save this guy? What do I need to know to keep him alive? You know. So if you've got the mental capacity, which I believe Andrew does, yeah, roll with it. You know, yep. and be happy that you have that. Uh, ability because a lot of people you know what are you willing to suffer for
1: right yeah and and it's not an nothing worth doing is easy right so medical school won't be easy but I, I'm a, let me ask you on this like do you think do you think anybody can train physically and get to the physical ability to anybody to become special operator yes it's willpower willpower I believe that too about school. You know like like you know I I was raised where uh, I am not the best reader. I'm a slow reader. Um you know dys- dyslexia and 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 every other thing ADHD and all that and when I went back to school for the second time I hunkered down. I said, "Okay, I know I'm slow. I know I can't read past finished university in 3 years." full full scholarships or not scholarships full honors uh, magna cum laude and and I've never been an A student never and I had one B and it was just a different mindset of saying here's my handicap I know it I'm not going to try to be ashamed of it but now I know how to I'm facing it and I'm going to work harder and I, I truly believe that with like um you know med school is all about your willpower like any any achievement yeah.
0: Well, so like I wanted to be a fighter pilot, you know, like growing up, a World War II pilots. Rah, that's awesome. Like, oh, yeah. That's like that would be awesome. And then someone's like, you know, you gotta know a lot of math.
1: And oh, like, that's oh, true. Forget that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: like, I can end. Damn it's, it. It's not something that I would want to. Math doesn't yeah. do much for
1: me. Well, math is witchcraft. <laughs> 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 I'm a big believer on that. I, I I I'm good when it comes to whatever this right. I can do with my hands. My uh, past two hands, I'm I'm out. Yeah. But science, math, uh, that's my enemy. But I mean, surprisingly, even in college, I actually um, went where I didn't have to take my algebra uh, finals because my grades were so high. Oh, nice. My professors were like, "You could fail this and still get an A." I was like, because I was probably gonna fail it." <laughs> <laughs> So, cool, like, tell us, like, now your path. Are you happy with it? Are you
2: scared about it? What's your big obstacles? Uh, I'm frightened by it. That, that's, you know. That's good. Like, you know, math. Horrible at math. Like, I, I was, like, in high school. And really throughout my school, I was never the best student. Not because I well, was. He never like, showed up. <laughs> senior year. Same here. Senior year of high school. Every Friday, show up for 10 minutes to my language arts class. That was the only class I had. Senior year. Pick up my work said see you later miss p she's like where you going?" i'm like i'm not here and then i'll go to the fire station and i'll work at the fire station um so like you know like growing up like throughout high school and like like i I knew i wanted to join the military since i was 10 years old so end of elementary to into middle school like i knew i wanted to join so i really never applied myself in school and i was also a football player so you know like I said earlier, athletes before students is how it is. So, like, none of my teachers really bugged me. And um, so, yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about going back to school is I haven't... You haven't um, excelled
1: in that experience before. I never gave myself a chance. like, But through meeting all of these amazing human beings who have served our country, um, you know, one thing... do you feel that has kind of changed your mindset a little bit about how you tackle obstacles and tasks and challenges?
2: Yeah. So biggest reason, Mike and how I am today and how I tackle things could always be worse. This past year, my worst year injured to finding out, you know, I was more injured than I should have been. Couldn't go to selection. Um, My girlfriend, Cheated on me, you know, known her since high school. And I, I, and I didn't have a path for about a solid three months there. I did not have a path. I was constantly drinking. Uh, couldn't really work out. Couldn't take that anger. So, um, don't have many friends in Ohio. Um, but always thought it could always be worse. Never once did I, uh, sink in my job. Still always excelled. Um, and it, it, even my chain of command, they, they know I don't like my job. <laughs> but they would, they won't ever say that I'm not doing my job. Right. They don't want to give me up. I want to go someplace else. They don't want to give me up. And they're doing everything in their willpower not to give me up. Because um, I run a uh, war operational medical clinic. So basically they're all active duty panel prepping people to deploy. So nobody else is trained in that. It's me, four doctors. Two nurses. Wow. So it could always be worse. That's how I tackle things. Yeah. You know, I look at Mike's experience I was like I could have his experience. You know, and it would be a lot rougher. Yeah. And that's that's what gets me through a lot of things. Yeah. That's
1: really, really, really cool. And I mean then the story of why you wanted to become a PJ is, is really cool about like your your grandpa, you know, and stuff like that, and and so like helping, serving. I mean, shoot, it, if it wasn't for PJ's, he probably wouldn't have been here, mm-hmm. right? Which means you wouldn't be here, technically. No. <laughs> you no. know uh, how the world is a full circle, but then like um, being a, a, a doctor. That's that's just that's a, I, it's right up there. You know, still serving right up there, and then the challenge to get there is just it it's I just. That's a uh, special forces of like you know serving people. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to become that, and uh, although I, I say that, but you know I I, I see my brother, I'm like, I, how the hell did he become a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> he was not a good student. Um, my ex wife, um, she she's uh, she she was an ER doctor, and I'm just like, well, never mind. No, she she was. Uh, She was probably, like, worse ADHD than me. Could not focus on anything. Like, the attention span of a squirrel. Literally. But, just, she know how to corner and how to study and how to, like, excel with her disability of just, nothing can keep her attention. You know? And it is interesting. Uh, Nobody, I would think, would be able to do it. You know, they
2: you just find the way you have to study and do it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And with training, the, it teaches you to multitask, which is the very first lesson I learned with him. You got to learn how to multitask. Your body's moving, focusing yeah. on breathing. But he always says, don't focus on breathing because you're not going to breathe. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was 220 pounds never swim a 25 meter underwater i probably got 10 meters with that's like being like the seven feet off the wall
1: oh yeah, what did you think at that point did you were you shaking your head just be like i should just go ahead and keep him under the water and just just do, do him a favor put him out of his misery."
0: he was 15 years old oh okay and I, I said you know what he's got to start somewhere and we'll work our way up so
2: you were patient you yeah were like, yeah, and it, like there's two other guys more fit than me there that came in to see him, but like, I got ten meters, I'll come up for a breath. I was panicking, you know, I was, I was not confident at all. And he just pushed <laughs> my head under again. <laughs> Keep going.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you gotta use your ADHD as a gift and because you know, I'm so focused on everything that uh, and you just use you know, use what you have. Absolutely. And and I think everybody, just about every operator, is probably has ADHD, which really just means you're a hyper kid who wanted to run around, and you should have been free range, free, yep.
1: absolutely, you
0: know? instead of stuck in a room, you know? And the, ugh.
1: Yeah, where 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 you're just a caged tiger. Yes, you're 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 a tiger in a cage, and it's just getting worse. And as a kid, you don't know how to handle this this ball of energy. You just pacing,
0: sit still for eight hours a day while you're telling me stuff that I don't even care about. What about recess. <laughs> when <laughs> recess
1: going? yeah. Let's I, and now I'm getting in trouble because I can't sit still. So now my punishment is to sit still more. More, yeah. Wow, oh. that, that's really cool. So how? So what was your thought when you took him under, and then like at 15 he had already helped you, and you met him, and but then when you like met him, you're just like, huh? <laughs> like, what's the process in your mind saying, can I really get him to become a PJ?
0: So that's a good question. So my answer is, um, I wasn't. Well, all right. So imagine when you were fourteen or fifteen, like what were you really dedicated to, or what were you capable
1: of doing? Oddly enough, I was, I was sneaking into my garage and working out. Okay. My my parents bought a, a gym set for my brother because he's scrawny and tiny. I was sneaking in there and working out.
0: All right. So at fifteen, I was like, you know, on the football team, wasn't starting. Uh, was on the wrestling team, wasn't starting. Uh, swim team, I was starting, but you know, I mean, I was never some stellar athlete. People, I so I put on Instagram a couple weeks ago. A uh, guy sent me a picture that they so they're going to the combat dive school in Key West, and he saw my graduation picture and he's like, Where's your six pack? And I'm like, Dude, What? <laughs> I've never had a six pack, I've yeah. always been a little chubby, yeah, you know, and I mean. It, Call it genetics or whatever, or just too many tortillas. (laughs) But, you know, I've always tried to, like, be as fit as I could. Always at least five to eight pounds over, you know? But it's okay. That's what I – you know, some people just aren't meant to have eight-pack abs. You know, didn't mean I couldn't do – I I did everything I could to graduate. Just maybe – you know, you've seen dudes. You know, you've got some guy. look at football players. 300-pound dude runs a 440. Yeah. You know, and you're like, how is this guy who
1: looks... I mean, UFC fighters, they are not, like, the most ripped. They're not, like, this... this Chuck Liddell? Yeah. You would think, like, okay, why aren't you just crazy ripped and and where's your eight-pack? You're like, he... If I saw him in a bar, I'd be like, I might be able to take him. <laughs>
0: maybe maybe not because they're ugly. Because you don't, you never fight anyone who's uglier than you. That's a good <laughs> point. <laughs>
1: Look at the nose and the ears. <laughs> you'd be like, ooh, yeah, not that. <laughs> he's <guy." laughs> ugly. He 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 he's been in some scraps. <laughs> That's a good rule.
0: As my rule, never fight anybody uglier than you, because <laughs> <laughs> they got nothing to lose, right?
1: <laughs> and they've already lost, and, and it's all uphill for them. Yeah. So and you're you're going with him, and you're 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 basically being like, how to how to get this kid and nurture this kid, build, grow,
0: nurture, like you just said, like give. I'm planting seeds. Okay. They may not hatch right now. But years down the road he hears it, he remembers it he internalizes it, makes it his own and he's able you know to flourish as a human being you know and with me I mean his parents were productive. Uh, supportive supportive yeah. you know he, he had the fire department he's had people in his life who I think you and I can also say that we've had people in our life who have helped us and pushed us and maybe gave us nudges where we needed it or hey have you thought about this? you know just a little bit of a direction sometimes just a bumper you know like bumper lanes at the bowling alley just keep me in my lane you know and i hundreds of people have done that for me and that's you know why i do this in the hopes of helping young people like i was helped and then hopefully they'll help somebody you know maybe you can't be in the military but you can join the kiwanis you can join the jc's doctors without borders you know Lifeguards Without Borders, all kinds of things that you can do to help to make the world a better place instead of just wallowing and giving up and letting evil win.
1: I didn't get my first dream.
0: Uh, life threw a curveball. Now let me wallow. I'm, I'm on like dream 26, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, cause I wanted to say active duty, but yeah. I couldn't have to get out Went yeah. reserve. Yeah, who knows? You know what your route is, or you think it's a setback. Yeah. A setback is really a set up. Yeah, you know. I
1: love that. That's great.
0: It's it's preparing you. And if it's, say you're an arrow, right? How does an arrow fly? Well, you got to pull it back, so it's got to go down before it launches. Yeah. You want a ball to bounce? You got to let it go. You got to throw it. Yeah. So all those things of just looking at like, okay, what do I need to do? All right. It's it's. I'm not here. But this gives me more time to prepare. Right. This gives me more of this, more of that. And then, you know, I think Pararescue prepared me to be a single parent. You know, the roughest job on the planet, I think, is to be a single parent. Um, you know, it's like a tag team match without a tag team partner.
1: <laughs> That's and, a good way to... <laughs> <laughs> and you got two of them. <laughs> ah, what do, I do? <laughs> You know? and you... They're ganging up on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and I got no one I can blame. Uh, you know, whose fault is uh, it if they're failing in school? Whose fault phew. is it if they're getting in trouble? Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. You know, so you're like, oh, and, and that's rough. And plus, you know, what you learn from your mom, what you learn from your dad, all those uh, skills, you know, you, you learn from your dad how to treat a woman, you learn from your mom how to treat a man, you know, how to open doors for people, all that kind of stuff. If you only got one parent, you know you're you're gonna be uh, developmentally slower, yeah, you know, or if you had some kind of trauma happen to you when you were younger, you're gonna have issues because you're not gonna know how to deal with things, yeah, you know, so I always like as a single parent, I'm like, what would a mom do or what would a dad do? and then I went with whatever I thought was the best answer
1: so do you think um is that a requirement or something that that innately people that succeed through going through and and becoming um an operator they already have that somehow and they already have that that knowledgement of how to and just the skills the schooling just blossoms that or do some people actually come with zero acknowledgement or or knowing of like how to handle any of that so I've been told
0: that about 80% of operators had something bad happen to them when they were younger. Same thing with, like, Olympic athletes. Something happened to you that makes you push yourself more than the average person to get out of your situation. You know, what's my ticket out of here? Right. Now, say, if you didn't have something bad happen to you, then you've, hopefully you were born with talent. Right. And, and a lot of people are born with talent, but they don't have that work ethic. So talent will get you to this level, but that work ethic, Kobe Bryant, will get you to that level, so it's always pushing, pulling, grabbing, dragging, clawing your way out of, you know, whatever. But if you've got that natural-born talent, you know, I'm just an athlete, Jason Sweet, you know, and he's just an Adonis, and he can do everything. Right. Hey, go with it, right? I Me? Clawing my way out. And... um. We'd love to continue, but we're supposed to be somewhere. In in 30 minutes, (laughs) right? No, we're supposed to be there already.
1: Oh, crap. Where are we heading? Centennial Park.
0: Yes, we're going to Centennial Park. Uh, What are we going to do? do? We're going to drown people. We're going to laugh at them. uh, And we're going to have a good day. Awesome. (laughs) And then we're going to come back tomorrow and we can continue this and uh, see how it goes. Awesome, man. So thanks to the uh, Russell Hotel for having us. Thanks to Craig for having Mm -hmm. us. Thank you to Andrew for coming out. You know, this is awesome because I've always wanted to have him on the the show to share his story. And Because I talk about him all the time. I I go to places and I'm like, a 15-year-old young man made this happen. So if a 15-year-old young man can make this happen,
1: what can't you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. You just got to have the right
2: tools. Yep. Which was at
1: the time a a
2: computer. Bam. my My phone and Instagram. But also,
1: I would say more, it was the courage. So many yeah. people were like, I'm not even going to reach out. I'm not even going to try. It'd be cool. But I don't even have the courage to, to tell him I want to try this.
2: Because what yeah. happens if I don't succeed? Yeah, and like, which he had that going into his head. It most likely won't happen. Yeah. I yeah. had a positive. Well, look, I had 10,000 followers. That's at, awesome. At least at the time. Like, no, somebody's got to see this. I got many PGs that follow me. And stuff like that, and like somebody's got to see this. In which it it was, you know, the Air Force Times. What it was the Air Force Times that did the initial. With well, them
0: and the Washington Post yeah. both together, contacted each other and uh, said, "Hey, who, who's <laughs> this guy? How do we? What do we need to do with this?" Excuse me. Went with Andrew and then came to me and the rest blew of the you right, up. Blew me up. Yeah. So
2: now to this day, I have a picture frame with Mike and Lachey back in two thousand five, and then when they first met. So. That's awesome. No, that's how it all started.
0: So. so I'm forever grateful and appreciative to Andrew for doing that.
2: He's gave me time. <laughs> <laughs> time and knowledge. Awesome. Time and knowledge. So
0: So thank you for listening and uh, we'll chat with you later. Hoo ya. So.